Welcome to Go Fuck Yourself. Christ, that felt good. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Uh, this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 12, titled Chapter 38. I guess not this week, this time. <laughs> uh, this is the one where Stamper's back, baby. He's back. He's, he's back. He's he's stamping all over the place. He's yeah, romping and stomping. I don't, I don't want to talk too much about this before we... Because I feel like we're going to dive right into this episode and get completely engrossed by it. So... Why don't you tell us who made this thing and what they're all about? Uh, Robin Wright directed it. Who's that? That is uh, Claire Underwood. Uh, okay. We talked about her a lot and is written yep. by Bo Willimon, who is the executive producer of the show. All right. So we are being piloted by sure hands. I'm not sure where we're being piloted to. <laughs> Honestly, I'm uh-huh. just, I've enjoyed the truth. I've enjoyed this season, but it has lacked some of the urgency and visceral thrills of previous seasons and i'm starting to like i put off researching whether there's going to be a fourth season at the end of this episode i figured there must be because there's no way they can wrap this up in any kind of conclusive manner and Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot of speculation there is going to be one i'm starting to think that is a mistake Hmm. why do you say that just is a transition season and why do you need a whole transition season to tell like if it seems clear that the story. Well, I don't know what the story is. The story is the rise of Frank a- 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 uh, Underwood and then his eventual fall. I thought is what the story would be. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. his continual climb. Either one of those. It seems poorly served by having a transition up season where, unless they want to go for many more seasons. Like I four, don't know how many like seasons. Three more seasons. I don't know if the show can support that. Sure, like no, a, I'm like a negaverse yeah. version of the West Wing. Uh, what does that mean? I mean, like you know, West Wing is ultimately kind of a, a positive reflection on the American pe- ah, presidency okay. and and what it's like to struggle with principles and values and and make the best decision out of bad circumstances. And this is mm-hmm. just like the you know. The, the what mirror it's like uni- to create the those bad circumstances. Yeah, it's like the Mirror Universe version, the old Star Trek episode. Sure. Doug's going around in a goatee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Um, like I said, it's it's still good and interesting, but I'm starting to feel like this season's a bit of a this is a lot of a lot of filler. Like, mm. okay, I mean, great memorable episode, fake Putin memorable. Uh, Doug's storyline's kind of memorable. It's been interesting to see Claire and. And Frank start to split under the strain, but maybe they yeah. could have done that in a single season. I don't know. Maybe so. What do you think? Uh, yeah, as far as the season goes, it hasn't been like it. It has lacked a certain villain, I guess. For me, Heather Dunbar has not been like particularly antagonistic toward Frank enough, like a Raymond Tusk was, and she's been where... kind of a white knight up until this episode. Yeah, and then you know she gets corrupted by the system. I guess that has its own message there. But do you uh, buy that the woman who refused to give Jackie anything on principle and then was vindicated by that stance mm-hmm. would stoop to this with Claire? I When she's up in the polls, I get it's like he's uh, one or two points in the margin of victory, but that's one or two points, you know, above the margin. I, yeah, I don't I, get I it. I really do feel like she's been corrupted by this whole system. As Frank says, you know, that now you've joined us or whatever. You've come to the dark side. Uh early season Dunbar, I don't think gives $2 million to Stamper for this journal. Well, that's the problem. We're talking about last episode Dunbar. Yeah, you're kind of right. Um, 
It'd be one thing if I see. I thought it'd been more interesting if Jackie fucked her on that deal. Sure. Um, but they needed her not to narratively. So then this doesn't seem her fall from grace doesn't seem to be as earned as I would have suspected. Yeah, I think you're right. Like if she if she died doing the right thing and then recovered and like, all right, I got to get elected. This is what I I, I, yeah. I think they tried to round that corner, but with her uh, conversation with Justice Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Uh, by saying that I need this, I, this almost messianic sense that like you get from a lot of presidential candidates, like it's got to be me, but mm-hmm. it fell a little flat for me. Yeah, I, that scene worked for me, but you're right. In taking the context of her entire character arc, it doesn't seem like there was a lot leading up to this. No, that convinced me that that change was warranted. I mean, that that devil's always been on her shoulder, but I guess I just yeah. don't get it. I just I, I don't get it, and I thought that. You know, the Jackie bump would be more. The way they explained it in the previous episode was that, like, if she fell in, that they would get, you know, they were at a kind of neck and neck, and then 12% would, would give her a tie. Well, I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell happened because she's within two points of being in the margin of error, which I'm assuming she's four to five points ahead in the poll. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, again, it just feels like that that storyline didn't quite connect. And again, um, I was expecting a really crazy episode because I was still harboring that they would wrap things up. We didn't you get know, that. one part of this that I did really love is when Frank goes to meet with Dunbar. And of course she has like tricked him into meeting with her, but the way that this scene unfolds or begins, I Oh guess, yeah. Is just incredible. I mean, it's not enough to, you know, film looking up at someone and who's in a position of power and looking down at someone else, but they have to introduce the fucking stairwell to do it. And, and they the do lights. it in spectacular fashion. Yeah, like, you know... I mean, Frank in this silhouette on the door, and he's standing up on this banister over the stairwell. It's like Luke meeting Vader. she's so far down there. It's like Luke meeting Vader in the carbon freezing plant. You yeah, know, he's yeah. just sitting there... <laughs> you know brilliant i love that shot the force is with you young dunbar <laughs> <laughs> yep good but you stuff. are not a president yet uh and then you know she delivers the ultimatum there i, I don't know i th- that scene worked for me because of the visual aspect of sure it. no obviously um yeah. uh speaking of the jackie bump let's talk about jackie and remy <laughs> because i smooth transition i like that respect i i did not see this coming even up until the moment that it happened uh i knew that there was something there but you know remy's demeanor during this conversation was much was very much one of i'm out and you're kind of in so i need to be away from you you've got a family remy tried awful hard to do the right thing he did and then on the way out the door they mentioned so this is it huh and then he gets one for the road. I think it's one for the road. I don't think this relationship is back hot and heavy. I think it's just uh, well, so a goodbye what is, fucking here. What is she doing now? Is she just going to be content to be a Congress critter? That's a fair question. I Because I kind of felt like she she at one point said, you know, I thought you and I would be working together in the camp. I'm like, what the fuck? I guess she still has to run for her seat. And she is. I guess so. Yeah. She's the minority whip now, isn't she? I think so. I've kind of she's fallen off my radar so much in yeah. what her current position is sure. that she has just become a vice presidential or presidential candidate. Yeah, but I mean, in the context of this being one season with another, at least another one to go, I don't know where they're going with her character because she yeah. cannot run for president again. She sure as hell can't be Jack's vice president or not Jack Frank. uh, Frank's uh, vice president. Yeah, no way. 
I although maybe that will be the crazy thing that ends the season. I mean, there there's got to be something crazy that happens, or it's really going to feel unsatisfying to me. President and Vice President Underwood, you might have called it. You might have called it last episode because man, for, uh, Frank and Claire are in a bad way. Like we've never really seen them before. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Claire's starting to talk about the truth. There's been, like I said, there's been disappointments and maybe promises not kept and and violations of boundaries and things. But this is like Claire's not believing in the dream anymore. And and uh, Thomas's book seems to be the catalyst for that. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with the concept of legacy and having children as it relates to their relationship. Especially since she got a truly bummer view of childhood and, and, and parenthood yes. in this episode. That I, I mean there's that was a terrible scene. That was a terrible scene. I I hated every second of it, yeah. Like I don't believe that conversation would ever happen with a first lady and a real person. I mean, no. I don't know. Maybe if I, she knocked on like a cast member of the Jersey Shore and they're in full YOLO moment, <laughs> you get something that horrifying. But sure. she's like Oh yeah, my husband's fucking everything that moves, and I cheat on him too, and we more, double mortgage his house for a kid. But now I feel like I want to murder this child. Like you I, don't say that to a complete stranger on a goddamn bus, let alone the first lady of the United States. Yeah, I can't imagine a regular conversation ever going that way. That was a TV contrived conversation. So, so, but and to what end? Again, like, I, well, to why? Why? So Claire can know that it, is it what validating the hell it her is choices? To be a mother. Yeah, like I didn't feel like it in the flow of the episode. No, it didn't because she comes back from that shick, shooken and says, "We need to talk about the truth here." And then while her own past with the you know the sacrifices she's made with the with the journal, yeah, the political abortion and all that stuff, I mm-hmm. and then clearly she almost had a panic attack about that. Why? <sighs> hmm. I don't know. I, I have not had. Much time to think about this. I, the prospect I'm not sure. of losing us that she seems to desperately need, combined with her growing realization that her uh, what us is might be a lie, mm-hmm. combined with you know, I guess the one thing she can hang her hat is the public loves her, and then she's going to be embroiled in this scandal. I, I don't know, man. Like I said, there she just lost her shit about this. Yeah, she loses her shit about Stamper. Sure. When he's when Frank just unilaterally appoints him the chief That's of staff the again, she loses her shit. And I, I mean, she he did the same thing with her quitting the UN job she had. Th- this whole season has been a series of Claire being let down by Frank. I feel. Yeah, and I don't. Maybe, maybe what really disturbed her about Thomas's book is how much of a lie it was. That you know how much ta- of a lie. Yeah, because he's saying that they're too equal. They're they're opposed. They're opposed particles, but they have equal weight and equal value, and they're this fused alliance. And hmm. they're and she knows that that's not necessarily true, or she's coming to appreciate that. So you know, Frank seeing this book as this is like an intimate peak in our lives, and she sees the book as this is an unbearable lie, like even a fairly sure. cold, you know, uh, unflattering look at their marriage. Mm-hmm. Which I don't even know that that was what this book was. Yeah, I, this doesn't seem to be that un unflat uh, an unflattering as unflattering a look that he as he could have come up with. And now that he's shopping this to Kate, well, the first so they they describe the book a couple of times, 
one of which is unflattering and one of which is not. The the nuclear sort of bond there is not unflattering. Sure. The first time they say it, I forget exactly what language they Cold use. Cold fusion of two universal elements. Yeah, that's the one that's not unflattering. I oh, think. really? Yeah, the first one is how they are kind of this couple that is only drawn together for power is the impression that I got. Well, that's the cold fusion is where anytime you talk about the word cold in relation to a married couple, it seems kind of brutal. But yeah, I know well, what you mean, Well, but the though. concept there that yeah. they're trying to convey is one of, of very strong bonds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, yeah. Or, or actually one of, you know, these these things kind of being forced together unnaturally in a certain way. Yeah. And then being bonded very strongly together. Yeah. So I... Like, I don't see that as very unflattering. The first time they describe it, though, it is. It's very unflattering. Um, so I, I don't know. And Tom is clearly on drugs, right? I mean, that I don't shot know. with him in the convenience store, he's out of it. When he calls up Frank, he's out of it. But is it because he's been on an all-day writing binge? Because we, we know we've talked about this Just thing. Just manic writing? Yeah, this thing with addiction and all this stuff. We've talked about it before and how that's a theme running through this episode. I mean, he, I don't think he's using drugs. I think he is. I, I think I think he's, yes. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me, but it's... He's gone back to the needle. He yeah. saw Claire getting it. He was like, oh, that sweet, sweet needle. <laughs> Love the feeling of that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could be right, but I think it's also just a possibility that this is his drug and he's he's going on a high and, yeah. and now he's going to act like any junkie when you try to take away a supply. He's mm-hmm. going to make a bunch of ill-advised uh, rash actions. It's possible, sure. Uh uh yeah, I didn't know what to make about him thing his thing with Kate and like I almost felt something for you. And him being <laughs> yeah, disappointed. That's... Did were you surprised that she was completely uninterested in reporting on this? No, not really. I She's mean, been as breaking she explains Frank's it, balls all season long. Yeah. As she explains it, I think it's pretty... It, it comes across as, yeah, okay, that makes sense. She doesn't want her journalistic integrity ruined over this. Okay. To to help this guy with this But book. why would it ruin it, the journal? Oh, because they've slept together? Yeah. But wouldn't... Yeah. It and, seems and to using, me, like, and, her, her first thing would be like, but you know what? I'll call the editor-in-chief of this other... Uh, newspaper that I'm friendly with and give it to him because this is a story that needs to be told. Not, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't just do that. Well, but I mean, I mean, I'm the author of Scorpio. I've got this book I'm working on that the president hired me to do, and now he won't let me publish it. I mean, this, hmm. yeah. Wh- so how far he's got does Frank leverage? Go plus, it's like if Frank, ah, Frank threatening Thomas at the end there. It seems it guaranteed that you're going to have this material released to embarrass you. Because, like, yeah, I when think you tell Thomas someone was, they can't do I think something. Thomas was trying to be fair and respectful in his coverage. But uh-huh. because he actually found himself liking Claire and Frank. But now he's their enemy, and that's going to color his coverage in the same way that being their friends was coloring his coverage. I, again... Frank seems to be making a lot of penny-wise, pound-foolish decisions this season. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Is one of those decisions to make Stamper his new chief of staff, his reappointed chief of staff here? Yes, but the only way I think it's going to blow up is with Rachel coming back, which Frank can't know. Sure. So I think Doug is exactly what he needs to get his edge back, but I don't know that Doug is done with you know hitting all the icebergs he's going to hit. Do you think he's loyal, though? Yes. Okay. Burning of the page also convinced you. Not just convinced me, but 
Um, like he, I bought his full explanation of the, this was to gain her trust. I kept his journal because I thought I might need to prove my loyalty someday. Hmm. Like, yeah. you know, that Doug is one of those guys that like his mind manifestly works different from everyone. And I don't think he processes concepts like love and loyalty the same as we do. And that he's got this low self-esteem where he just wouldn't believe that he's got an intrinsic value of being, he's got to prove his lo- loyalty. So I didn't, I didn't hmm. have a problem with that. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I'm totally on board with Stamper being chief of staff. I'm kind of in the, the cheering camp for Stamper. He's just point. got feet of clay, which is going to be the problem. Feet of clay? Yeah. Is this some Princess Bride thing that I'm no, not aware of? No, it's a biblical <laughs> reference. Uh, and, and meaning that he's got this fatal flaw, this thing with Rachel uh, being actively blackmailed by the one of the best oh, hackers in the world. Oh, you're talking about the statue. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, sure. I, I don't know, man. I... I don't know how it's going to go down, but it's definitely going to go down. Yep. I can see that. Uh, how about Seth? I think Seth is full of shit. He's mad that, that Stamper's back in his old position. Oh, yeah. He wanted I'm that position. He had that portfolio ready to go. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way that he hasn't had this thing for months just waiting for Remy to come. I'm a professional, he says. <laughs> a professional. Professional asshole is more like it. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, no. He, a professional what? He's just bringing in Stamper close so he can slip the, ri- the, slip the knife right between his ribs. Yep. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I buy that for sure. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think Doug is content? with letting him just being his boss or do you think doug remembers all the slights and do you think so <laughs> it might be that doug's already ready for him yeah he's got the gun loaded and ready to go he might he might they had a really contentious relationship before he got bricked yeah and that that thing was all nicey nicey on the surface but there yeah. was a lot of edge well, to that. even even on the surface like frank had to sit them down and talk to them a couple of times sure, for sure. going at each other you yeah. know uh, the other thing to talk about, this covert operation is starting to unravel here a little bit. It is. Kate is kind of pulling at the seams, seeing what she can turn up. She found this thing. Uh, they don't claim that there was a training operation that day. Her source in the Pentagon, which who knows yeah. who the hell that source is. If that's the Secretary of Defense, that means something. <laughs> if that's... The mail guy. Yeah. yeah. If it's mail the, the mail clerk, then not so much. Uh. So I think Frank plays it off pretty good. You know, like, this is what the Pentagon told me, so that's what I went with. I don't think he can ever be proven wrong there. Yeah, and I don't don't hold any president uh, responsible for not discussing covert operations, you know? Like, if we find out later that those covert operations made us less safe and was a colossal debacle, then that's something we can act on. But, yeah, I Wait, mean... 50 years down the road? Yeah, like, I this this thing, the the press, like, asking about this, like, do you think he's just going to, like, oh, you got me today. Yeah. You got me. Today's the day I'm going to divulge top-secret information. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sure. But, uh, no, it does feel like that's... you think that's like going that's, somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably going to be some showdown with the Russians. Mm. Um, I mean... You know, it's funny because the previous seasons have all ended without a cliffhanger so much as an exclamation point and a like, oh, wow, what will next season be like? I feel like we're really going to be set up for a massive cliffhanger. Okay. So no election this season. You don't think we're going to jump ahead? I don't know. (laughs) That far and get... I just don't know that we'll get the the definitive... We're not going to get a knuckle wrap of a season closer. Okay. I I can buy that. Uh, It seems like we're headed for... 
Man, I, like, I'm trying to think what I picture the ending of this season to be. I have no idea. Are the Russians coming back? It's... Is Doug going to get fucked? Is Rachel going to... Uh, is Dunbar going to uncover Rachel and blow that up? on? Because that's the thing. That's in game. Like, if she finds Rachel before and, and all that stuff gets yeah. out about Pete Russo, it's done. It's over. Yeah, there's there's a paper trail there. So I, I don't know, man. I think Rachel's going to have to play into it. If they're going to go gonzo at the end of the season, she's got to. Mm. It's the only other card on the table. But the other it? thing is, like, I don't know why the president of Russia would come back, because he decisively beat Frank Underwood. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more that needs to be said about that story. He got everything he cared about. He got all the missiles taken out. He got all the troops taken out. He did torpedoed Jordan Valley. Sure. And he put Claire Underwood's head on his wall as a, tr- a hunting trophy. Mm-hmm. Total victory. Yeah. I don't see any reason to go back to the Russians this season. Feels like they will, though, because he's too good of a character. Or may- maybe there'll be really? a new threat next year. Because the other thing, the only thing left maybe to do is to, see, is to see Frank get his revenge. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know that this is a revenge story anymore. I don't yeah. know what story. I don't know what the story is anymore. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out uh, in a few days. I have to say, I noticed in the uh, Air Force One scenes, Kevin Spacey was sick during the shooting of these. I can tell his voice. He sounds very congested and you can tell Did you look that up. You verified that or is this a theory of yours? No, I okay. just listening to the man talk. I can tell that he's congested. Uh, and, and it looks like to me that he was congested through the shooting of all of these air force one scenes you think and, so? and that they shot them all at the same time. I bet they did that out of sequence. Cause last episode, he also was sounding exactly the same in the air. But they also mentioned the fact that like he gets sinus headaches because his things don't pro- uh, properly close. So you think he's just using that thing they call acting to further sell that? The fact that he's got maybe some altitude problems. Mm, I thought I noticed it also in another because it'd be rare for them to shoot all the Air Force One scenes just in like one go. No, I don't think so. Really? A lot of shows do that. I mean, look at Game of Thrones; they do that out of sequence because you know they can't fly everybody out to those locations all over the world well i mean yeah i guess when you're filming on glaciers i just wouldn't think that a soundstage would be the same kind of thing i don't know you might be right i don't know if if in fact i didn't hear them say anything about sinus headaches so maybe i'm wrong it was just just a a throw-off thing where she said you know try like that could also be writing for kevin spacey being sick (laughs) like this man is sick he clearly sounds sick let's write something to just nod to it okay uh i don't know which way which way it is but Seemed like they shot those scenes all at the same time. Yeah. What do you think about the ridiculous scene with the housewife, which we've talked about? But what do you think about her, the housewife statement of, I wish you were running for president? Do you think, I mean. Is that something that's going to go to we, Claire's head here? Well, we joked about maybe it. her being his running mate and the running mates and all that stuff last time. And. What could Frank offer her to make everything better at this point? But uh, on the other hand, how can he offer yeah. her anything? Because that's that ship has sailed, man. The ambassadorship is is over. Yeah, uh, and if he offers her the vice presidency, I don't know how that looks to the public. Right. That seems like a lead balloon to me. I mean, again, we always talk about the world we want to live in versus the world we do live in. Uh, Frank and Claire are kind of horrific people anyway, but even the counting the American people don't know that. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of people that that would turn off. Yeah. A husband, a wife, president, vice president team. Sure, you want to talk about nepotism. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems very cynical and, and gross. Yeah, yeah. 
And he's already attacked Dunbar on her lack of experience. It's hard to go back and say, now my wife, who was briefly a UN ambassador only because I appointed her there, is going to be my running mate. That's hmm. that's you, a tough sell. What do you think about Doug and uh, Dick Tracy face talking on the park bench about <laughs> needing Gavin back? Why uh, we need Gavin back? Can we get rid of Gavin? No, you can't, apparently. Um, so Doug Stamper, I guess, still really wants to get Rachel. So for whatever ends he chooses. Well, because he's uh, he told his boss uh, with his big pitch about you can trust me and I'm loyal. And, and he even said, is there anything else I need to know? Mm-hmm. Doug has to tie this loose in or it's political suicide if it ever gets pulled, uh, you know, if it ever gets out in the broad daylight. Yeah, I think so, Doug being, you know, being strong or whatever he says last episode uh, also relates to Rachel. I don't think he's going to try to get with her or anything like that when he finds her. I think it is just tying up a loose end. See, I think that next year they're setting up like a Gavin, Kate, Thomas, uh, Janine, Hammer, Big Hero 6 team mm-hmm. that's going to all put together what they know and blow this thing wide open. Could be. Could be. It's a race between them figuring it out and how many bricks and trains and exhaust fumes uh-huh. Frank has at his exposure. Yeah, I could really do without so much more Gavin, honestly. I don't like, yeah. The like, Gavin let plot. him just fade off into New Mexico or wherever the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm done, kind of. Yeah. What do you think at the end, uh, Claire trying to lay all her cards on the table with Frank? We've been lying to each other. It's good. It's good. Now's the time to do it, right? Going into the final episode, and they cliffhangered the shit out of us. What do you think? Yo, yeah, I was scene. You, I was pissed. Yeah, like when I was like, "Oh, come on!" Uh, <laughs> do you? Hmm. What do you think she means by that? Do you think she means the stuff that Thomas is, that we talked about with Thomas, like his sexuality? Do you think it's more? No, the I think it's their relationship held as a relationship versus its reality. Yes, I think that is entirely it. Hmm. Uh, she's, Bad news for uh, Frank. I I think so. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad news. He just has to fucking acknowledge what he's doing, right? I don't. But what? So what? Uh, that's what I'm saying. If he can give her nothing, mm-hmm. there's nothing like acknowledging it's not enough. I don't think this is like a you know. Well, I need to hear you say that I'm in a selfish asshole. I think Frank's kind of fucked here because he's got his most. I mean, we talked about him not having anything last episode, but this episode. He gained Doug, although, again, we talked about he's the chief of staff at the Clay Feet. He's lost Claire. That, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. Like I said, massive cliffhanger. I want to watch this next episode to see what's going on, but I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, same here. All right, that's all I got. What about you? That's it. I'm ready for feedback. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I got a name you might have recognized. You might recognize. Eric Walquist. Okay. Formerly of Personal Arrogance. I've heard of him. Yeah, the Once in Future podcast on the Bald Move Network. Mm. Uh, hope, hopefully, he'll come back sometime in 2015 with a newly reworked uh, geek format cast. But he's got some thoughts on House of Cards, as he sometimes does about the shows we cover. Okay, he says Doug is back. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be talking about the series up to chapter 38 because I want to give you my thoughts before entering the final episode of the season. First off, what the hell is this season of House of Cards about? 
Frank finally gets the presidency, and they neuter him at every turn. I understand why some people like the Colbert cameo in the first episode, but I couldn't stomach it. Colbert would never be that biting and disrespectful to a sitting president, especially a Democrat, was out of character for Colbert, and it gave us the initial sense that Frank would ultimately have no power for the foreseeable future, which is a fine way to start things off as long as Doug was still in the picture. But then they neutered Doug, too. Really? We had to wait 12 episodes for Frank and Doug to get back together? Why the hell did they keep Doug alive just to suck syringes and soak customer or consumer electronics for the bulk of the season? Uh-huh. Claire may think she made Frank president, but we all know who really pulled the strings. Frank and Doug have come together for Frank to have any hope at power again. He ha- they had to come together, rather. And it's a shame that the other two partners in crime actually only get to team up for what amounts to one episode of season three. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm finding Eric echoing a lot of my thoughts here. Mm-hmm. And then there's the se- a lot of the season. Uh, there's a lot in this season to scoff at. I love to play fantasy football, and the first rule of fantasy football is don't get cute. I don't care if Lamar, Lamar Miller is going up against the Titans. You don't start him over Marshawn Lynch. Sometimes the obvious path is best. House of Cards season three got really cute really often. The worst part of this cuteness was they kept trying to justify it with histor- historical precedent. Need a UN resolution is only used once. Before, during the Korean War, check. Want an off-the-wall position like Solicitor General running for president? That happened once before, so it's all right. Why couldn't they have made Dunbar governor or something? Honestly, it would have made her much more formidable. Which gets us to the Iowa caucus, a climactic event that will chart the course of the presidency. Or not. Here are some notable recent names that lost the Iowa caucus and still got the nomination. 2012, Mitt Romney lost and Rick Santorum won. 2008, John McCain lost. Mike Huckabee won. 1992, Bill Clinton lost. He only got 3% of the vote in the Iowa caucus. 98, or 88 rather, George H.W. Bush lost and Bob Dole won. In 1980, Ronald Reagan lost and George H.W. Bush won. The stakes really aren't that high whether Frank wins or loses Iowa, especially with the race as tight as it is. There's a long road to hoe past the Hawkeye State if you want to become commander-in-chief. Yeah, that's where I want to jump in and say I've never really been on board with the idea that this is a super important event for Frank. Like, all of this caucus stuff has not come across. Like, the event is the election. And I get that, like, there are indicators of how well they're doing and how well they're not doing. But those are just indicators. Those are not – those are based on polls. Those are not actual results. So the stakes have never felt very high for this final half of the season. It's a single nomination that you have to get, you know, a bunch more to get momentum so you can be declared the front runner so you can then sew up the nomination so you can then be elected in the general election. Sure, yeah. And it does seem like especially – like I was – I was kind of like looking at storyline side-eyed because I knew about some of this stuff. I had no idea. Like almost all the recent history has been that the Iowa, mm-hmm. while important, is not a fatal thing to lose. Sure. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of with him. He continues, In many ways, Frank's presidency mimics that of Gerald Ford. Both were appointed vice president after the sitting VP resigned, in Gerald Ford's case, obviously, is Nixon. And both attained a presidency after the political scandal unseated the standing POTUS. Both controversially pardoned their former presidents. Both were challenged by their own party in the subsequent election. But Ford won Iowa by beating Ronald Reagan and stole and lost his sole presidential election to Jimmy Carter. We'll see what happens to Frank. All in all, I'm pretty disappointed with season three of House of Cards thus far. It was a neutered season, mired in mudslinging and tire spinning, but lacking the teeth that made the first two seasons vibrant and vicious. 
when Frank clapped his ring on the Resolute desk at the end of Season 2. I couldn't wait for what his presidency had in store. Unfortunately, my expectations have warily withered like the two-term squatter in the Oval Office. I agree with almost all of that. I think the exception has been Petrov. I liked Petrov as a power figure that was equal to Frank and just as intimidating, kind of like a Raymond Tusk last season. Yeah, no, he was good, and honestly, Dunbar seemed to, by being a genuine, because I don't think, I that's the other thing, is uh, he's never gone to bat with a genuinely good, principled person. <laughs> but then again, they kind of uh-huh. betrayed that about her this episode, too, after True. I thought yeah. that they had kind of made it out to be that she was, nope, honestly, the white hat. So I don't, I don't know. Again, yeah, I but start, other than I, that, I agree, man. I feel like as as much of I have enjoyed this episode, just from a oh my god, this is a crazy aspect and mm-hmm. it's kind of entertaining and, and schlocky. I feel like ultimately it might be a misstep that they just even did this season. <laughs> like, just stop with the knuckle wrap, done. Well, no, not that, but the fall of the House of Underwood or the rod, the continued triumph, this tepid kind of like you know. Like the Lord said, if you're lukewarm, you know, I'd rather be hot or cold. And this lukewarm shit ain't cutting it. I think that's a direct mm. quote from uh, Revelations. Okay, yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, kind of a bummer, Eric, but we agree with you. Uh, Don in may have to save this for a later episode, but with Tom and Frank taking more and more, talking more and more, and Tom wanting to write something more than the Amworks program in the end, do you think it's actually Tom's book whose chapters are in the series titles? His hypothesis is at the end of all this, when we get to our presumable hmm. 52 episodes, the House of Cards, that we're going to find yeah. out that this has all been a book. That Entitled Tom, House of Cards. That's, that, 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 he is, that he's written is going to be a national bestseller. Kind of interesting. I like that. I like that theory a lot. Yeah. I like that theory a lot. <laughs> now, he has, to, he has to survive. Although, I guess, what better? Well, the end is yet to be written, right? Or imagine what a bestseller would be if oh, he you actually, mean Tom has yeah, to Tom has yes. to survive. I'm yes. saying, imagine what a bestseller would be if he writes this manuscript, then gets murdered by the president, and then gets released. If someone finishes his book, that'd be still a hundred million copies, man. Right? This is this is someone else's Scorpio here. <laughs> Which that's weird that you. That's say very that because meta. Because it turns out that that is his Scorpio. Like he is. Oh yeah, that's you're right. With, you're right. With, with, I thought it's funny how Frank threatened him with that secret because it's like, well. You're threatening to expose his middle term lie. The end lie is that he actually is the guy from Scorpio, and it's all 100% true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, anyway, uh, Don ends. Oh, wait, that was his theory. Anyway, good work, Don. That was a great theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trippy from St. Louis. And he was also worried that other people would suggest this, but no, that was only obvious. And hi- I mean, that's only an obvious idea in hindsight. That was a great, great theory. Yeah. Trippy from St. Louis said, here's my big problem. This episode. I listened to the podcast for chapter 32 and the discussion came up. Those stupid things that occur in movies and TV shows that take us completely out of the story. So it's a Jackie covering herself right after sex, fake uh, drinking out empty cups, smoking, no inhaling, etc. This episode had a big one. And an open fire in the middle of the Oval Office. And the smoke detectors didn't go off. Sure, I commented on that while watching it. This wasn't someone lighting a cigarette. This was a fucking (laughs) fire. As soon as it was lit, within an instant, I should have seen an orgy of alarms, firemen's secret service, kicking down doors, and fire suppression. I wanted to see Meacham come in with a gun drawn, like, what's wrong? And it's uh, it's just Doug. But 
there is no way he continues. No way that someone can just light a fire in the oval. I seriously doubt yeah. you could even light a cigarette there. I couldn't light one in my apartment, let alone the oval office. Come on. <laughs> I basically ru- it basically ruined a fantastic scene for me. I won't say it ruined it, but it seemed needlessly dramatic. Like the White House <laughs> has ways to securely dispose of documents. Sure. And they yeah. all – everyone involved in that conversation knows that. Mm-hmm. Like just giving him the page to Frank, that should have been enough. You would think so, yeah. $2 million. Vernon, $2 million. It's Vernon, $2 million bucks. His loyalty is worth more apparently. <sighs> yeah. Um, what does he want? What is it in – what does Doug want? Why is he so fucking slavishly loyal to, to Frank? Man, that's a good question. Because he seems to envy what his brother has, but then he's right back on the horse the next episode, uh, doing his Doug stuff. So I, it's I'm having a hard time reading Doug, partially because he seems to be a robot. Do you think he's double secret uh, secretly trying to take down Frank? <laughs> Come on, man! How many times are we going to ask this question this season? I think apparently one more time. I I think we can put that to bed. I think Doug Stamper is on Frank's side here. Mm, mm, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I have no idea what. The I sh- just don't want to ask that question anymore. I'm done with that question. All right. Like if even if the show asks it again, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm on board with that. Okay. I have no. That's the end of the feedback. If you'd like to give us more, House of Cards at BaldMove.com or on the forums forums.baldmove.com. Again, follow us uh, all of our release schedule, uh, which is voluminous at this point, on mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash BaldMove and on Twitter at BaldMove. I have no idea what to expect from this last episode. I thought I knew what to expect two or three episodes ago, the traditional breakneck. This has not been breakneck. This has been quieter, mm-hmm. more Shakespearean betrayals and, you know. We need an actual neck break. Very Macbethian. Yeah, somebody's gonna yeah. someone's gotta die, right? Sure. But who? Uh well up until this episode I would have said potentially uh Stamper. It can't be anyone in, in the oval. It can't be anyone in administration. It just yeah. would be unbelievable for yet another murder to strike close to Frank and Remy. Now that he's out, take him all the way out. Hmm. <laughs> he knows too much. Maybe Remy's a double agent, he's gonna strangle Jackie. All right, and then come sure. back and take, and then with and his then, legs, like and then Xenia bat- on a top. <laughs> yeah, and he'll he'll <laughs> he'll battle Doug in front in in front of some uh, in in the in the parking garage, while Frank looks over <laughs> like an emperor, a Roman emperor. It's going to be a total gladiator situation. Perfect. All right, that's it. We'll see what happens uh, in the final episode here on Friday. Yeah, we will. Thanks everybody for listening. See you then. Bye bye.